Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode number three of Bat Chat. Thanks for joining us on this podcast again. Very exciting news coming out of Bendigo on the weekend, and I'm looking forward to talking all about it with my co-host, as always, Andy Buchanan, the 212 marathon runner and third fastest runner over the weekend at Jales Park Relays. Welcome to this week's show, Andy Buchanan. Thanks, Brady. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, we're up and about this week, so it's going to be a, going to be a fun episode to recap what was a, a really good, all-round uh, weekend of running for Bendigo. So I'm excited to relive some of the memories um, because it's probably a it's a race that I'll remember for a long time for, for many reasons. So it's going to be good fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to talking about it as well because some fond memories and it's going to be good to unpack it all because, you know, you get different experiences from different individuals. So it's going to be interesting to hear some of your thoughts on it as well. And we're also joined by a very special guest of the BAT community out of Bendigo. He is the team director of the Bendigo Batch, Nigel Preston. Welcome to uh, this episode, this podcast, Bat Chat. Welcome. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Andy. And uh, guys, I've only just caught my voice back from the weekend from yelling so loud at all of our athletes on the weekend. It was hard work being the team manager, running around, making sure everyone starts at the right time and then just yelling so loudly but it was awesome i reckon we go i reckon we go with team director nudge like the formula one kind of vibe not team manager yeah good yeah good do you reckon you're more of like a christian horner or like a toto wolf kind of guy oh big call probably a christian horner i think i definitely had the uh the the foot tapping on the uh in the last couple of legs (laughs) there on the weekend hopefully you don't throw the headphones tonight like toto did yeah, that's right. I, I could guarantee I'm probably a bit more bit more in that ilk. It's good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts as well because you uh, obviously see the race from a whole different angle that we do. And it wasn't just about the Premier Division team. Like you obviously and Andy had a lot to do with putting all the teams together for the weekend. And there was a lot more success than just our uh, Premier Division team. So 
um, yeah, I guess first question for you, Andy, how, how's the body pulled up and how's life been the last 48 hours since I saw you? Um, this was your first hard run since the marathon. No one really knew what you were going to do. And yeah, how much trouble did you get in from your coach after going a bit quicker than you were uh, meant to on Saturday? Yeah, so I got in a fair bit of trouble. Um, but I think that's the first time I've ever got in trouble from Scotty. So it's um, it was okay. We, we've smoothed it over and I'm uh, 100% following his instructions from now on in. So I was, I was meant to run no quicker than 320s. Um, and I think I averaged 255. So that's K-Pace um, we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. that's K-Pace. So I was nowhere near it. Um, but I don't know, Scott, he, he obviously had my uh, long-term interests um, in the forefront of his mind, and he believes in that old, well, not, it's not old, but it's um, it has been around for a while, of no hard running for three weeks. So it's kind of that mile every um, every day. So it takes a, a day to recover from every mile you've, you've raced. So um, obviously the marathon takes its toll, but I was really keen to get out there and support the team. Um so yeah, got in a bit of a trouble, but that's okay. We've um, we're all good there now. And I, the body actually feels pretty good. I, I did a stride in my warm up um, before I raced, and I felt pretty average. And I thought, oh, geez, this could this could be bad here. But I think I just, you just got, I got carried away with the race, and I felt, I actually felt just as I normally would in a normal XCR. You kind of felt. Yeah. Um, pretty good and then a little bit hard and the last K was pretty challenging and that's pretty um, that's pretty standard, I think. So felt pretty good. Felt good on Sunday. Went for a, a bit of a long run, just an hour. Um, but my hamstrings and glutes were a little bit tight in the last kind of 24 hours. But I would actually say I've pulled up better than what I normally would after Jails Park and I'm not sure how that's mm. happened. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm. So... Does that does that standard sort of three week uh, rest, Brady? Have you found that's pretty consistent for you with your marathon work? Yeah, I I like the day a mile, so like yeah, twenty six days. And um, but in saying that, like I usually have the first week maybe four or five days no running, and then like some twenty thirty minute like runs, and then kind of build up to maybe hit say sixty minutes, eighty minutes, um, two weeks after the race and then maybe start adding some intensity in. So, um, yeah, this is what, what Andy did is definitely not um, recommended, smacking a, a 17.50 6K cross-country race um, when, you know, potentially the greatest Australian distance runner of all times chasing you down 30 seconds behind. Like, this is, yeah, this isn't written in a book anywhere to do this, but you got you make an interesting point about that team environment as well. Um, if that was an individual race, you probably wouldn't have even entered but you put yourself into a relay team because you you want to help the team, and then yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get more into that performance and stuff, and maybe go through a couple of the different key key legs that happened on the week. But Nigel, did you want to give us a bit of a rundown? I'm not sure if we actually told the listeners <clears throat> we're talking about the Jails Park relays, six by six k for the Premier Division team, but we had a whole heap of uh, different teams there. So do you want to maybe just give us a rundown of the the whole team results first, Nigel, and then we'll get into some individual performances. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Brady. So, yeah, 12 teams overall. That uh, translates to 43 athletes uh, across all the different divisions. So Premier League, uh, or Premier League we'll call it Premier League. Um, they have six legs, but uh, some of the shorter, um, some of the other, other divisions have shorter legs. And in terms of the, the Bendigo growth, I was looking through some of the info and, and look back in 2018, we only had 
three teams um, compete and 14 athletes. To, so to now be taking 12 teams and 43 athletes to Bendigo is um, just huge from our efforts, I think. But um, from the juniors, so in the girls, we had a ninth place in the under-18s and runner-up in the under-20s. Uh, so good to see us having junior girls teams full stop, but really good to see them having some success. In the junior boys, the under-18s, we had uh, the winners and the sixth place there. So again, great to see some junior boys on course. Uh, in the women's, took two teams. Uh, they won Div 4 and uh, they were sixth place in the women's 50+. Plus. And then we had six teams in the men's. So we've already covered that we won the Premier um, Division. Um, we were the winners of the Div 4 we took out second and third in Div 7, won the 40-plus, and were 13th in the 50-plus. So across the board, I reckon our uh, return rate was pretty excellent, guys. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I, I feel for Ivanhoe. They're, uh, they're in Div 4, and that's their number one team. And here we are with our, uh, with our second team, and they're going to be a strong second team all year. Like I don't think we're going to have a week a week round so I really feel for Ivanhoe because that's um, that is rough coming coming up against us in in Div 4 with our second team so um, do yeah, they, but they were... promote one team out of Div 4 like have they got to win Div 4 to go up to Div 3 next year I think so I think it's only Premier okay. where there's um, two yeah I think it's only that top mm. one where the drops but um, but that's alright you got to do your time got to do your time in those lower divisions like we did over that's the last right. five six years yeah because we've crawled up from Div 4 haven't we we were Div 4 once upon a time. I reckon we were Div 5 even. Div 5. Yeah. I think it was Div 5 in 2017. Um, yeah, and it's just been steady, slow. Just away. Pipping up. Yeah. On that, yeah. On that um, Div 4 team, I've just got the results up here. There's some quick times in there too for Division 2. Like two guys under 20. Uh, minutes for the 6k Jamie the Beast Cook let them off and I didn't realise that they were going to start I thought they started with everyone but they were on the third gun it was like yeah. Premier Division or maybe Div 2 and then the females went and then those guys so the Beast had to get through a bit of um, traffic he was telling me yeah that was something new this year to uh, lower okay. the the numbers on the start line so I don't know if that's a COVID thing I don't know if that's a safety thing I'm not sure but that is the first time they've done that because they used to have it all all lined up to every single division up along that that start line but that start line isn't as long anymore because you used to go further up the hill so i'm not sure with mm. that corner being sooner they um they staggered it so i actually thought they were starting all together and i said to jamie go first because you can mm. chase div three div two maybe some div one guys but um yeah he was oh, he still had linden to chase which was um that's still pretty good competition to uh to chase around. So I think he's he got her after about half the lap, half the first lap. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. and it'd still be relatively quiet compared to the other leagues because you wouldn't be lapping people still, because no one would have changed it, would they? That's that's one thing I I noticed on my leg because I always run first. This is the first time I haven't ran first. I think from from memory, and um, it was very different having people to lap because um, I'm not used to that. Like you might sometimes get one or two walkers that you lap running first, but very rarely. But um, you were constantly running past people and especially when I was running with Andre, it was like, oh, what side's he going to go? Oh, what's this runner going to do? So it's definitely a, something new for me and something that I found, um, yeah, a little bit more challenging. 
Mate, that's on leg six. That's when half the half the races are finished by then. Try doing like leg four or five down here with us, uh, us plebs who have been doing that for the last four or five years when you've been running first. Yeah, no, nah, I'm happy with first. I'll I'll keep uh, keep taking that spot. I think. Yeah, I don't know that's about right. that. I think we got it right <clears throat> this this round, didn't we? So I don't know if we're going to be changing that anytime soon. You are the yeah. captain. Yeah, I'll keep it in that order. I did drive home when we got through about Elmore on the way home. I said to the boys, I reckon I nailed that order, boys. That um, was pretty special. So we'll go to the Premier Division team. So Nathan Stoat led us off at the start, um, got us in good position. We'll come in third through the first changeover, which we'd probably expect up against Liam Cashin and um, who else in front of us? Yeah, and there was Mentone, Mentone as well, so they're yeah, too. So mm-hmm. And Knox as well, actually. We'd probably come through more like fifth overall, including the two Division Two teams that were in front of us. Um, and he ran 18.26. I'm just getting the... 18.27, I think it was. Just getting the results up in front of me now. Um, and then I went through, and it was good. I was kind of happy with my leg because I... Um, I got in a position where I just had to really focus on chasing some people down. So Nick Baggett from Box Hill and also Callum Drake from uh, Western A's, which got us into the lead. And then Matt Buckle kind of spent probably the first 3K, maybe 2.5K in the lead before Jack Rayner took over the lead yeah. from Western A's. And um, I don't know about you boys, but when I saw Jack on my warm-up and he told me he was running a leg three, I thought that was going to be excellent for us because he was their superstar and he was in the middle of the, the race, whereas we knew Andy and Archie, we still had further down the um, line and we weren't sure about the depth from Western A's. So um, they kind of showed their hand early in a way, Andy, I suppose. Yeah, it's one of the one of the great things about Charles Park. Yeah, you're there, you're looking around, you're like, oh, there's someone. What league are they running? Oh, are they running today? Are they just watching? And it's... It's one of the things that's um, while it'd be great to have the the teams beforehand, it is great not knowing who's going to rock up. Like it's just such a such an unknown. So, um, but it was I don't know. Jack got a fair old lead, but I knew we had some we had some good runners towards the back end of ours, and we we're trying to think who would Western A's have. And um, credit to Nate Pierce, we'll chat about his run a little bit more, but. Jack ran super, but Matt did really well in having Jack chasing him and not getting carried away. Mm. I think so. Mm. Um, that yep. was it. that was impressive from Matt, and especially like leading a race that's pretty big um, for a 18, 19 year old. So really big run from Matt, I think. And just looking at all the splits from the the third runners in Premier Division, he was actually the third fastest over that league. Um, so he was still faster than. The yeah, Box Hill guy was faster than St. Stephen's guy. Isaac Hockey was the only person quicker than him um, over that league for the day. Mm-hmm. So it's good. He's holding his spot pretty well there. And yeah, we dropped a second, but we still held off everyone else. So put us into our second position coming to Brian McGinley, who is this his first time repping Bendigo at cross country? Yes. Yeah, very first, mm. very first time, and he's thrown into uh, Jells Park when we're we're up the pointy end. So I actually I messaged Brian the other day, just saying, "Hey, mate, great run! You were you were exactly what we needed. Um, we mm. weren't we weren't expecting a, a eighteen mid from you. Um, we just wanted some a, a nice safe run, I suppose. Um, and yeah, he he delivered that, and yeah, he probably got a little bit carried away at the start, which that happens on your first run. I think yeah. everybody at Jails makes that mistake. Um, 
especially their first time. So that's his very first run, um, ran 19.58, which is still a, a very good time. And he's, yeah, I message him and he's so keen for all the rounds. Like he's like, yeah, I'm doing Gold Coast, but I want to do every single round as well. So he's he's pumped um, mm. and he was a big part of that team. So, yeah. Who was, yeah. The, um, who was the Richmond footballer who'd never played a game before and then they put him in for the grand final and then he won a granny in his first ever game? This is like yeah. Brian. Never worn the single before. Comes in, wears a gets a premier premier division uh, gold medal around his neck for the drive home. Man, you have been doing this for about seventeen years, Andy. Haven't, <laughs> haven't never got any any silverware to come home with. I like the comparison. I like the comparison there of an AV uh, <laughs> relay medal to a premiership medal. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon they're about the same. So that's I reckon they I like are for sure. Absolutely. I've been taking photos of mine, sending them around all, all the last couple of days. So I, then through. I, Oh, sorry, I've been you here and you haven't taken yours off yet, Brady. I pretty much drove home with it all on. And then, um, yeah, my Inside right. Running po- podcast co-hosts were asking for a few photos of it today. So I sent a few through to them. So they were pretty happy to see it. So we, we did slip down to third during Brian's leg, leg four. And we're in hot pursuit from St. Stephen's, which really worried me to look like we were possibly going into fourth. Box Hill had a really good leg there. Um, Douglas Buckeridge ran eight, 18.28. Um, and this is where we had Archie and he's come off some sickness and he had a bit of a shocker in terms of his expectations up at Sydney 10 the week before. Hasn't done a lot of cross-country running, comes from a Chukamoama, doesn't run on the hills that often. He had a shocker here last year as well at Jails Park Relays and I thought this could go either way. And if he'd ran 20 minutes, I would have been like, well, you've been sick, you're low on confidence, cross-country's not your forte, that's okay. Um, but... He chilled out, learned from his mistakes from last year, chilled out his first lap. Um, Chris Dale from St. Stephen's, I think, got the gap down to about four seconds coming into the two last hills of the first lap. And then Archie just went to work and put about, I think he put 35 seconds into uh, Chris Dale in the second 3K lap and negative split it. Um, I think he told me today he ran the last K of that course in 250 Four, 256 mm. which includes the last um the last two hills so we ran 1841 which is the third quickest time of our team but i oh, sorry the fourth quickest time of our team but yeah the way he exe- executed his his leg was pretty special to give you a position or to get you into a position to change over exactly with andre wearing um for for second and third spot going into the last leg yeah, it was a it was a big run from Archie. I know. Um, I saw you when he was coming around. He must have been just about to finish his first lap. And um, one of the great things about jails is it's so easy to see everyone running around. Um, and the way they've set up that tent city, the runners literally run down the back of it, do a lap around it, then come back up in front of all the tents, which was really mm-hmm. awesome. And I saw him there, and I was looking, and I saw the St. Stephen's run a closing and I know Stewie's running last and I'm going, oh, Brady, I need more of a gap than this. Watch up. What is Archie doing? But you're going, nah, it's all right. He's he's building on the gap. It's getting bigger. And um, yeah, Archie, that was, that was uh, he, he showed a lot of maturity there. So that was really impressive. Um, so that was, I think for me, that was, um, yeah, it was a really impressive run and he, he didn't get carried away at the start, which it would have been easy to do trying to chase those teams ahead. So um Super run from Archie, and I think it's um, I don't know, like when you're doing this relay event, you've got to be careful that you are tactically smart 
and don't cook it on the first lap because then you can really bleed time. And it, um, yeah, Archie did that perfectly. So, mm. yeah. yeah, and it's good to see people learn from their experiences as well and, and execute race plans. And I think that's what we kind of talked about driving down. Like, you got to be if you think you're going too slow in that first lap at Jails, you got to go even slower. Like, you've got to be able to feel good through the halfway mark at Jails Park. I've stuffed it up many of times. Um, but, yeah, you've got to try and negative split it to get your best performance out for the team. And then Nigel kind of brew this uh, perfect storm. Buchanan, McSwain, 30 seconds behind. Nath Pierce, probably the slower of the four teams runner, um, gets the 30-second head start. And Andre Waring in there with Box Hill as well. So, um, and, yeah. and, you know, most divisions kind of finish, people cooling down, so they go in different areas of the course. The clouds roll in, gets dark, the rain starts coming in sideways. Um, that really set the scene for, like, an epic battle at uh, at Jails Park. It was, wasn't it? And just thinking, so the, the big questions were, was Nate Pierce going to hold on? Could how's Andy going to recover from the marathon? What conditions Andre in? Cause they're running together. Andre actually dropped the timing chip at the changeover um, or some, you know, of those two, the timing chips on the ground. And we're thinking what's going on here. And then of course you've got big Stewie, just the big uh, gazelle ready to roll out. And uh, I know Andy said beforehand, there is no gap comfortable enough to go into that last leg with Stewie on the ground. And, uh, yeah, as it was, the the you could see actually people's Stravas afterwards of them following around the course, cheering everyone on because <laughs> they're still running, following around the course. And, yeah, we're all just uh, – Andy, I don't know if you could hear anything we were yelling, but Brady and I are trying to yell splits at you like 20 seconds, 40 seconds, and I'm just thinking he's just hearing noise. And then, man, that tent city um, down, and, and it really looked like you were – you and Andre were really working together with um, Nate slowly coming back to you after the first lap. And then it seemed through the change there that you thought, time to go. Let's give this yeah. a shot. Yeah, so I, I did hear what you guys were saying, but it was funny because it it seemed like everybody was telling me splits. Like literally every single person on <laughs> course, people I didn't, I'd never seen before were telling me splits. And I was like, is that how far it is to Nate? Is that how far someone is behind me like and then when I got a gap on Andre I was like is that how far Andre is behind me is that how far Stewie is behind me like it was just so funny I was getting so many splits and I heard I heard everything but um yeah you you just said that Andre and I worked together and I don't think any of that happened because um Andre took off quite fast and I was just like yep I'm just gonna sit on him for the first lap and um Mm. it was actually quite windy down at Jails Park um and the way the course was set up there was a fair few sections we were running straight into the wind, and I just thought, "This is uh, this is the perfect way to get into this. This is a good way of not getting too carried away." And I thought I'd just sit in um, and see how I felt after a lap. So Andre dropped the chip, and then he took off quite fast. And I just thought, "Oh, this is perfect." I just and literally just sat on him for the first lap, um, and I was just sitting in. I was feeling pretty good, so that was um, that was handy. And then I thought, "Oh, I actually feel." I feel pretty good here. Um, I thought I'll I'll make a bit of a move. My first my first thought was to get rid of Andre because my my worst um, thought that was popping into my head was I won't catch Nath. Andre will outkick me and Stewie will catch me. Um, yeah, so that, that was would, mine as well. Like, that would put us in. We in could fourth. come home with nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, for our 
for our young team, when we were like, yeah, we want to get a medal, and then it's come down to me, and this has happened, and we go mm. fourth. Like, I'd rather come sixth or something than come fourth. So, See, whereas I actually thought, I was like, well, we're definitely going to catch Nath, like 34 seconds. When I saw that at changeover, I'm like, well, we're going to get Nath in Western A's. We're going to be at least third. And I'm like, we're going over, like, I'm celebrating my cool down going to the boys. We've at least got 30 boys. Because it was looking like we weren't. Like, that through league, like, four and five until Archie put us back in it. I was like, oh, where the gap's too small to Stewie. Like, they're going to get us. We'll drop back to fourth. And then I'm like, okay, Andy will at least get us up to Nath. We're all good here. As long as he can get us a medal. Don't fog yourself up post-marathon. And then, like, I'm just like, shit, we're going to win this. Like, we could potentially win this. And I'm like... You know when you're just stoked with like third and then all of a sudden it's like we can win a Premier Division uh, gold medal. So that was my emotion going. And it's probably one of the most emotional times I've ever been involved in like running, like the whole team component of it. And that was another thing that you didn't mention, Nige, when you're talking about there's all these factors. You're like there's also five guys from four teams, so 20 people in total who have already busted their guts, who are invested in this finish that then the last runner has that pressure on them to be like, well, mm-hmm. I've already seen five guys cross the line and they can't breathe and their legs hurt and they're, they've kind of emptied their, their tank for this team. Now it's time for me to do the same. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details thing in that last leg so um yeah it was a very weird emotional experience for me watching those last and seeing all the young kids get around the course and people just like people are running from like say the 5k part part of the course to the 5.5k part of the course and they're running pretty much sprinting across the course yelling up the bats go the bats and like glenn mcmillan was running around without his shirt on i'm not sure where his shirt was maybe he was doing a cool down like he's punching the sky people are just up and about and everyone's just pretty much chasing andy around the course as julie's trying to hunt him down it was um it'll be it'll yeah. go down as one of my fondest ever running memories so yeah great. yeah and the other the other clubs were into it too, like the, mm. the guys and girls from St. Stephen's, like Fox Hill, that's Fox a big Hill. club. They yep. were all on the side of course. Western A guys. Like yep. Western A guys were screaming, like, and girls. It was it was pretty mega. And it is that team relay thing. And the beauty of the, the relays, even though they're an absolute pain to organise, is that people can watch other people race and mm. cheer them on and encourage them. And that's something that we obviously really want to do is even when you're not competing or you're not doing a warm down like make sure you cheer like go bendigo even if you don't necessarily know everyone in the team yet 
just be encouraging. And that was really cool that we could actually all watch this competition unfold in front of us, mm. basically. It was yeah. quite funny, actually, the Western A boys, um, after I got into the lead, they, and I knew I'd, I'd put a little bit of time into Nate, and um, he said, I was chatting to him in the cool down, and he said, when I passed him, he was like feeling his crappest, and it was like up a bit of a hill into a headwind, and my mentality is whenever you go past someone, just dig in that little bit more, just to really make them hurt, and um, and he, yeah, he was like, yeah, I had nothing, so I knew I got a gap on him. And coming around probably four or probably 500 metres to go, the Western A boys are like, you know when you're, you're racing against someone and people cheer for someone as if they're right behind you? So they're cheering for Nath as if he's, as if he's right on me, whereas he was actually like 20 or well, 10 or 20 seconds back. And I was, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm seeing straight through that, boys. But it was a nice, it was a nice try from them, um, trying to put me under a little bit more pressure. But that, that gave me a bit of a laugh, actually, which was, which was quite entertaining. Well, the flip side of that is I was also cheering for Stewie out there. Like, you'd go past 30 seconds ahead, and I'm like, go, Andy, go. Gab's 25 seconds or whatever, and then Stewie would come through, and I'm like, go, Stewie, you're a very good runner. Like, thanks for coming down to Jails Park as you're one of the best runners in the world, and you're about to do Doha Diamond League. But I'm really, I know you're like, we don't want you to catch my team, but really, I'm a big fan of yours. So, yeah, I wasn't doing That's what right. I know you guys were doing. I was fanboying out there. Uh, respect, um, right? Respect, yeah. But right, yeah. do you want to hear the second lap? Because I only just got talking about the first lap. Oh, right yeah. So sat on Andre um, coming up the hill for the second the second time. Um, sorry, first time. I felt pretty good and I thought I'm, I need to get a gap on Andre because um, then that secures a medal. Um, I got a gap on him and I don't know, like you were saying, Brady, with um, Nath being 30 seconds ahead, like, doesn't sound like that much, but you look at it on the course and you see how far ahead he is. Um, mm. And this is a course with a lot of turns. You can really see quite a fair way ahead. And I was thinking, geez, that's a, like, that's a long way ahead. So. And can I just interject for a second? I'm only saying that because I thought Nath was in 1930 shape. Yeah. Like he went out and ran 1830. Yeah. Like he's, he's come off an injury. Like he's, people are saying that's his best race he's ever done in his life. So, yeah, he, yeah. So when I saw him thirty four seconds, I'm like, oh wow, nineteen thirty, take away thirty four, and his right to run eighteen fifty five. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's. He, I think he that run from him was just. It sums up why relays are so good because people just find something something extra. But um, yeah, managed to drop Andre, which was good, um, and then worked on Nathan. and felt like I was making really good ground, and I was worried that he was just waiting for me to catch up and then he would make a big attack um but thankfully got past him and then the last k it's got to be up there with one of my favorite k's of um of any race ever and i know i heard you i think it was you you said like oh you've got to enjoy it like you've got a good break and i was just like that's just when you just relax and i think you actually run faster when you relax and just really took it in because there was so many Bendigo people there and it was just such a good atmosphere. And um, I know how I know how much work um, Nigel, myself and, and Alice put in to get all these teams ready to go for the weekend and then for us to, um, I don't know, I, I definitely know a few people were saying Bendigo shouldn't be in Div 1 and then for us to come out and win the first round, which is probably the hardest round to win, I was just like, oh, this is... This is a fairy tale, and then also having done Hamburg a few weeks ago, I was, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I could have been running through a fair bit of pain because I was just on cloud nine, so mm. good memories. 
Yeah, great way to start the season. And we had this doubt yeah. as like a, if we can come third, fourth, it's probably, you know, good indication of the season. Because like Jack, like the teams were loaded. That was the thing. Like Jack Rayner for Western A, Stuart McSwain for St. Stephen's, that we're probably not going to have to come up against those two again until maybe the town realise in September when they come back from overseas. Yeah, and that, but I think we're, we're going to have to pay a bit more attention to Box Hill because mm. they had a good team and looking at their team, like, I don't know, Barber might, he might go overseas, but um, everyone else there, I think uh, they're a danger. And Andre's probably only going to get better as well. So I think, um, yeah, it was funny. Doug Buckridge was pretty quick to remind me on the cool down that we, uh, we bagged them out a little bit last week. And he said, yeah, look I out respect, for us. I respected them, remember? I was saying, I, like, they're, they're still good. <laughs> Sorry, I think he said me. He didn't say yeah, thank you. He said, yeah, Andy, what, what the hell kind of thing. But, um yeah, Box Hill, they're, they're, they're back. And if they can, um, yeah, have similar teams throughout the whole year, they're definitely a, a title contender, I think. They did have mm. in their second team, they did have a guy run 2018 and 2013 as well. So they got some depth there like us. And I think Steve Deneen ran 40 plus. So I wonder what, I'm sure he'll be, um, he'll be um, a guy who can potentially step into their open team as well our boys just rolled them Steve Deneen 2017 Stephen Van Rees 2005 so we need to chat about that 40 plus team because I believe Steve um, when he took over I think they were in third or fourth and he he chased down heaps of people Um, so epic epic run for Steve there and he was loving it and I was chatting to him later that day and he was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm so hyped up from today. Today was just awesome. And, like, you see that effect that running can have on people, and it's just it's just bloody amazing. I'm just looking at the numbers now. I think yeah. this is off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he pulled in four minutes over the last leg. Oh, was a lot. changed over to Steve. He's, he's pulled Box Hill in four minutes. And I think he got him with, like, 150 metres to go, if that. Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. It was right at the clutch. It was right at the end. He thought he was in second, and then he just realised, oh, that's a because you know, as you were mm. saying, there's all these slower people, people running different paces. Sometimes it's quite hard. You're sort of looking at the numbers, trying to work out, am I racing that guy or that guy? What's going on? And he said he just worked it out right at the end, and then just had to sprint for the line. So, yeah, huge result for those guys for um, men's forty plus. And we've kind of got a decision now because the way that AV are doing their registrations in is that people will have to enter each event so we'll have to talk to steve do we run him in under 40 or do we run him in the open um probably inclined to run him in the open but we're gonna have to make that decision now throughout the the year so for the individual races so like there are second race at st Anne's, you don't qualify for both no you have to opt in to either one so there'll be a few of those ones throughout the year Um, has that always been like that No, they've changed it now um, to clear some things up, I think. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, Mike Bellini and Nick McDermott both run really well in there. You know, Mike Mike Bellini is one who – he's actually over 50, so um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But, you know, they've done, they've run really well in that 40-plus team um, that to do Nick's, that. And, Nick's first run off COVID too. He's uh, just yeah. been back up, so that was good to see him out there. Yeah, yeah. And those guys are so, they're so keen. Like, they are just so keen for the bats. It's fantastic. And, um, like, Steve Van Rees and Mike, they're both products of Parkrun, of all things. Like, run and Bendigo Parkrun. A few people said, hey, you can run a bit. You should join 
a running club, joined the running club. The people at the running club said, hey, you should, you can run a bit, you should join the bats. And now they're running in, you know, they're winning medals. It's, it's a great process, a great story of how that growth has worked with those guys. So really cool, really cool. And another teacher. We've got a high teacher to um, athlete ratio in this um, in this group as well. Yeah, runners, teachers, or physios—they're the most two popular jobs, That's I think, it. for distance runners. Yeah, really good. It was a great way to start the season. Long drive mm. home made even better with a bit of silverware around the neck driving home. So um, that was good. Yeah. And then the the whole theme though changes. Like we go from the Divi Two team that goes up to Premier Division, who kind of just wants to prove themselves and not get relegated. To all of a sudden, it's like the you're the hunted. You've gone from wanting. I just wanted to hunt a few teams down, you know, prove that we're better than Geelong and Ballarat, the two other regional teams. And now I've got to rock up to right to round two with everyone wanted to take us down, boys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I um I don't know. I when we first had the first episode for this Brady uh, this year, I was uh, kind of saying I want to win the premiership, and I. I think we better start um, planning some tattoo designs because there's a few people that said if we win the premiership, we'll get a bat tat. So I think we better start just throwing some designs around just to make sure we're prepared. I know it's a long season. Archie brought that up driving home. He goes, where do you reckon you're going to get your tat? I'm like, mate, it's round (laughs) one. We've got nine rounds to go. So uh, we've we've decided discussing placements and, yeah, what the design's going to look like. So, yeah. But we can we can get a bit of a jump on the season. Like the next race is at home. Um, I look at our whole team, and everyone gets better when it goes from six k to eight k. Like it's we're we're going to be much stronger in in a couple of weeks' time. And there's a chance because we won the first round, we picked up that extra point. So on the ladder, we're on twelve points. Um, Western A is on ten points. If you do that again, all of a sudden you got four point lead. If you do that again, like and it's interesting. Even for me personally, I always preferred the road over cross country. And Archie and I were cooling down this morning after our workout talking about it. And he was saying how he's looking forward to the road races. And I'm like, mate, we are. We're good at cross country. We've got to embrace this. Like, so a lot of people don't like cross country. Just because we kind of tiny don't like it, this is where we can make up a lot of points in the first couple of rounds if we can continue this kind of form and with this kind of depth. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Like having the weekend we had where um, our premier team were doing really well everyone had finished everyone was supporting it we ended up winning it was like the perfect storm and then um coming into our own home round which is it's massive for us like we we used to have a race here uh, many many years ago but it's um running in bendigo has changed so much since then so we're so used to traveling and i know when we're heading down to melbourne um i said to the the buckle twins i said oh if we turn we turn right here we'll be we'll be at the race now and we'll like 10 minutes into our drive and that's going to be that's going to be so weird for us so it's um it's going to be a massive round uh in two weeks time out of st anne's and i'm really excited because i think we're going to have everyone that ran at jails plus a few more people and it's um it's really exciting and we've got an event out there this weekend so there's plenty of um, plenty of bats that will be getting some experience out on the course, which I know will help a lot because there's some pretty technical sections of this course. Um, so it may be worth the river bats getting down there because there's a few little... Yeah, they were thinking about it, actually. Yeah, there's a few rocks. There's going to be a few different lines that you're going to be able to, um, you're going to, be able to choose where you go as to what may be the shortest way, may not be the fastest way. So um, prior knowledge on this course is going to be yeah, pretty important. So we got a massive uh, jump start there. Spike Sandy or like 
how rocky is it? It's so there's there's granite outcrops. So there's there's rocks where you're gonna have to um, but they're big rocks. So you're gonna mit, dodge the rocks. But then there's a there's a path we run on that's probably uh, 200 meters, and it's cool. it's pretty compact dirt. Oh really? So, kind of like that Cruden farm kind of path. Like Cruden, I think you. Yeah. I'll be I'll be planning on wearing spikes and just knowing that my spikes, like the actual spikes, will be pretty rubbish at the end mm. of it. Um, mm. So it's, but that's the thing. If it was, if it's bone dry, I probably wouldn't wear spikes. But I don't think it will be because it's been. It has rained a little bit. I think it's been to rain a little bit in the coming days. So um, yeah, that's my. What are your thoughts, Nigel? Do you know the course just as well as I do? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna find out this weekend, I think, and uh, I'll I'll run in some flats this weekend and see. Um, there are a couple of those parts that's got me a little bit concerned for the spikes. Um, yeah. But eighty percent of the course is really good for spikes, so you kind of can't decide until the day. Pack both is probably yeah. the option, isn't it? I reckon yeah. let's let's keep that knowledge top top yeah, secret. Let's not let, right. yeah. not let it not let it get out to any other teams. Oh. Let's get down for some home home ground advantage, but let's tell everyone about the course before they get here. Yeah, that's exactly right. But <laughs> it should be, um, you know, I think I think to your point, what you're saying before, Andy. Last time that a Bendigo round was held, apart from the Colburn relays, because we did have the Colburn relays for a long time, but a, a standalone round was in, I think, '97 or '96, somewhere back in the day. So. You know, nah, it is I reckon huge. I reckon I did one night in two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Belvoir yeah. Belvoir Golf Course. Belvoir Golf Course. Yeah, so still twenty years ago. It's a yeah. long time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, showing showing your age there, Brady. Rocked up in a yeah. pair of Keanos. Oh, awesome. Was smashing everyone in local Bendigo races and thought I was pretty good and then an A V race come to town and the, the guy's like, Oh, you should go do this And I was like, Whoa, this is uh a bit more competitive than the local scene. I reckon I come about eighty yeah. seventh in the under twenty race, but but it was good. Surprise! Yeah, that's good. Tell you what. Uh, speaking of uh, newbies, I, I count we had ten debutants, and there might be more. Andy of the of the Beasleys, have they run AV before, or was this their first taste? Mason AV? has, but Ebony hasn't. Ebony. So Ebony can be added to that list. Yeah. Yeah. So that's eleven. That's really cool. So yeah, Ebony. Woodward or Beasley, Tully Lang um, from your club, Braves, um, joined. Um, Chris Armstrong, Rory Flanagan, Jake Delaney, uh, Jordan Buckle, um, one of the Buckles as well. And as we mentioned before, Brian and Ingrid Woodward and not related to the other Woodwards and Helen Anderson. So good to see, like, we're getting, even though it's growing, we're retaining a lot of athletes, we're getting new ones in as well. And, um, Look, they told me afterwards that they had a great time. They might have gone home and, you know, felt the hamstrings the next day and found it was pretty hard. But, you know, I saw people like Chris and um, Chris and Rory and Jake and they were just beaming. They thought it was fantastic. Results aside, they just had an awesome day out. Yeah, and I think it's that whole, I was chatting to Chris and he's just like, this team, like, he just loves being part of a team. It's something something so unique and it's, um, it's something we've been growing for the last few years and... Um, Although running is a very individual sport, but you go down there and you're part of a relay and you're also part of the 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 Bendigo region whole team and I think it just it yeah, it's it's so special. So I think that's um I think all those guys and girls will be keen to run again in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Don't right. underestimate the importance of that, especially for the 
the towns surrounding Bendigo that don't have AV clubs, or they might, but they don't go to XCR stuff. So this gives people an opportunity to be involved in a team to go to these races and be included in relays and things like that. Chris Armstrong's a perfect example, coming from Shepparton. Um, and, you know, Nate Stoat, a bit higher up than him over in Cobram, Baruga. Like, there's no there's no local athletes club or group that trains, um, you know, at their kind of level nearby. So this is their, their one outing for three or four weeks to be involved in that team environment. Mm-hmm. It's really good, isn't it? And, like, our youngest, I think our youngest athlete was 13 and our oldest was, you know, 61. So fair um, spread of ages as well across, which is really cool to see. We're not just, you know, we talk a lot about your team, like the premier team, because they're obviously the the headliner. But um, to have, you know, young teenagers right through to people who are in their 60s is it does show we're, we're pretty much all comers, you know, and we're, we just want people to run to their own abilities to the best. And that's what I saw on Saturday. I just saw people, no matter which division they're at, having an absolute crack and finishing exhausted. And that's what cross country is all about. Yeah, it is. Well said. That's why you're the team director, Nige. <laughs> Thanks, All right, mate. fellas, we'll, we'll leave it there. And um, it's a good opportunity because the season's going to be pretty full in some of the coming months. But the gap between Jails Park and the second round, the AV8K Cross Country, which is held in Bendia on the 28th of May, a lot of people have been asking me, when's the next round? We've kind of got uh, a couple of weeks now to put some decent training in before hitting that at the end of May. And then I think in June, June is hectic. It's Cruden Farm, the Relays at um, St. Anne's in Balan, which also you got Launceston 10K and Gold Coast Half Marathon, Marathon Festival in there as well. So time to get some training in so we can uh, have some good performances at the end of May, always all the way through June. Yeah, definitely. It should be good fun. And shout out to any of the Bats fans out there. If they want to come for a a weekend trip to Bendigo, they can come up to, um, to St. Anne's. They can watch us run and enjoy a wine. Um, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Book some accommodation, stay the night, and then go to the group on the Sunday morning, the 7 a.m. group. What more can you want? I can. If you're a wreck up. runner out there and a big fan of the Bendigo Bats, book, talk to your wife, whatever, bring the family away, stay in Bendigo, watch some, watch some local cross country, maybe do park running Bendigo that morning. Actually, there's a community race. Tim Crosby was talking about that last week. Do the community race, cheer on the Bats. Put some money into the local economy and then get out with the boys and girls on a Sunday morning. A few different pace groups there. Everyone's welcome. And they could they could even travel north, an hour north, and check out this new bridge, Brady. They could, if they want to. Yep, day trip up to Echuca Moama on the way home. Go over the new bridge. That's a definitely, uh, definitely a, um, a selling point there. But, Andy, you do bring a good point about Bats fans wanting to buy merch. I reckon I get 20 DMs every day about the white Benio singlets, the one that you uh, wore at the Hamburg Marathon, our warm-up and cool-down singlets. Not allowed to race in them, but everyone's wearing them. Is there any opportunity for people to buy them at this stage? Yeah, I need I need to chat to the Ernie Old Bosses. So um, the original plan was to keep them um, very uh, just for the Bats, um, but I we think, literally don't have any of them at the moment, do we? Yeah, no, we literally like don't. We're, we're, yeah. we're actually, we ordered some, uh, what feels like probably two months ago, and I, I caught up with um, with the two guys down at down at jails, and they've their supplies, um, yeah, they're having some issues. So they're on their way, but we actually don't have any. But I know what you mean. I know there's a lot of people out there, and I, I don't know, I'm really keen to actually get some Bats supporter gear, so... I know I was chatting to them about getting some just some cotton tees, some casual tees, um, as supporters 
supporter gear. So um, they were keen to do that. So I think we'll we'll action that in the coming weeks, and people can um, people can get around in some bats gear to support their favourite um, XCR team. XCR team. <laughs> All right, that's a good spot to end. So uh, we'll have some more information about that in the coming weeks. You won't hear from us for a couple of weeks because, uh, yeah, there's no race for a couple of weeks, but we'll keep our heads down. We'll be training hard. We'll be uh, getting names in hat because the next round for you, Nigel, it's pretty simple. Pretty much everyone enters, and then you run as hard as you can. And wherever you finish in the race, that's um, that's going to help you for potentially real-age selection going forward. Uh, and there's going to be some good battles, like – I know, uh, I know Nath Stoat wasn't too happy that I ran a bit quicker than him on the weekend, so he wants to take me down. I know Archie's starting yeah. to sniff about and taking both of us down. <laughs> I can imagine that the Beast is lining up Brian McGinley to take him down. Glenn McMillan be hoping to take a few people down. Steve Van Reeves is going to be looking to take a few people down. It's um, yeah. It could be a complete different top six. <clears throat> and, yeah, and that's a side of the, the strength of the team that, yeah, you could have someone who's potentially run the third, fourth fastest time in Premier Division, now running the, the tenth fastest time in an 8K cross-country race. That's right. And I think, you know, speaking of the beast, he was seven days off a marathon, six mm. six days off a marathon, and it was uh, 2.32 on the O'Keefe Rail Trail. And if anyone's run on the gravel rail trail, that's course a fair, record. fair going course record by three minutes, mind you. So, uh, yeah, for him to back up, and, and that was part of, Andy, in my consideration there, you know, it could have, and, and Jamie's as well, you know, how, how do you know how you're going to go at, after running that hard? Um, and probably the other one who ran really well was uh, Shepsky. Um, Matt Shepsky is training for Gold Coast Marathon, and he he ended up in Div 7, but he ran a blinder. So I think he's just ready to go. He's going to take a bunch down in, uh, in St. Anne's in a few weeks' time, not far from his place. And... Um, I think he'll go pretty well, don't you think, Andy? I think he'll look yeah, good. he was a he was definitely a surprise packet, and um, I think he will. Yeah, he's training pretty hard for Gold Coast, so he'll be one yeah. to watch in the next few rounds. Mm, good, good. All right, team, let's leave it there. Talk to you in Thank a couple you. of weeks' time, and we'll uh, we'll do it all again. Thanks, fellas. Good. Go bats. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.